Hello, and welcome to another Archimedes podcast from the Archives of Diseases of Childhood. As you're listening to this, you probably know that Archimedes is the evidence-based section of the Archives, where we take real clinical questions that people have asked, gone away to use an evidence-based approach to answer, and bring them back to share their learning so that everybody can get the answers to the questions. For example, does ultra-rapid intravenous rehydration work in children that are dehydrated from viral gastroenteritis. So if you're sat in A&E doing, well, doing an awful lot of things actually, and then you see a little one come in, about three years old, looks dry, and the local guidelines are for nasogastric rehydration to improve his volume status and bring him back to the land of being perky, But you wonder, because you read it somewhere in an American paper, about ultra-rapid IV rehydration instead. Could you ask a question about that? You probably could. And, if you were working in Cardiff at the time, then with Michael Cousins and Colin Powell, you might have been part of the team that did ask that question. What they did was take that and a structured PICO-style question, the patient being a child with dehydration secondary to gastroenteritis, the intervention being ultra-rapid intravenous rehydration, and the comparison being any other method of rehydration, looking at the outcome of speed and completeness of hydration status. Then you'd have gone away with them and looked at PubMed, Medline, Embase and scanned through hundreds and hundreds of articles to get down to 15 that were looked at in full detail, of which only three of them proved to be any good. Obviously, by any good in this case, what I mean is we're a randomised controlled trial because we think that that's the most likely to give us the least biased answer to any type of intervention question. The three trials took between 90 and 226 patients and compared ultra-rapid rehydration against some other standard. For a couple of those, that was intravenous rehydration over a normal amount of time for them, and one of them it was against nasogastric rehydration. What they called ultra-rapid was 50 mls per kilo per hour in one of the studies, 50 mls per kilo over three hours in another study, and 60 mls per kilo per hour in another study. So, ultra-rapid varied between the studies and the standard that they were compared against varies between the studies. But taking all of those and the difficulties of that, they still came up with a conclusion that it didn't really make an enormous difference. No studies have shown really clear superiority for an ultra-rapid technique, whatever an ultra-rapid technique is, and nobody has really followed it up to decently look to see if there was any safety to this approach. They conclude that ultra-rapid rehydration should not be recommended, and that instead, standard approaches should be continued. Now this leads us neatly into our boxed critical appraisal note, which is compared with standard care. You see, there's a decent argument in the analysis of quantitative studies of therapies, particularly RCT-designed, that we should be looking at the totality of unbiased evidence, all the studies that contribute to the question that we want to answer, rather than just cherry-picking the individual bits of studies. 
and the best estimate of how effective the intervention is is then by adding up all these studies together in a meta-analysis. The challenge that presents itself fairly frequently and in the example of the ultra-rapid IV rehydration is that whereas if you have a drug you can compare 50 milligrams of drug A against placebo or 50 milligrams of drug A against 25 milligrams of drug B if you're looking at something where the trial is A versus standard care and B versus standard care and C versus standard care how do you know what the standard care really is? In Take a recent systematic review of the use of procalcitonin to guide antibiotic decisions in children with lower respiratory tract infection. This particular review looked at 14 trials in 4,000 episodes of infection, but had different clinical settings, including the intensive care unit, the emergency department, and also in primary care. It used the setting as a proxy for different standard care in different areas, asking did the location of the trial alter whether the intervention was effective or not? You see, where standard care is extremely variable, for example, a a review of non-surgical therapies for upper limb cerebral palsy, the challenge is absolutely enormous. If there's a well-founded belief that the variation between the different functional care elements is minimal, then it's okay to carry on and do these things. If it's not, then while you still can pool the results, the answer becomes very, very difficult to translate. If the answer is, it's 50% better than standard practice, but standard practice is so incredibly variable, then you don't really know when you take it into your ward or clinic or theatre what the actual improvement will be. As we frequently come down to, The skill in applying research in clinical practice is to integrate a very clear analysis with a very clear question and then grounding that in what you understand that patients want, sharing that together and making a considered decision to take those steps forward. The second question that was being addressed this month was a lot more straightforward in some ways. It was just whether or not When you've got an extubating, a preterm baby, you should bung them on humidified, high-flow nasal cannulas or nasal CPAP. And it's not that uncommon, as I recall, that when you're extubating little tiny babies, you need to do it not as the In the Club on BBC drama had it, into air with no oxygen tubing around and then giving their mummy a cuddle within 45 seconds, but instead actually onto some extra form of respiratory support, such as nasal CPAP or humidified high-flow nasal cannula oxygen. This question was asked by Hazel Daish and Shira Badur at the Ealing Hospital in Middlesex. And they came up with a similar approach of taking a question, searching it through a multiple electronic databases, and they also came up with three clinical trials. Their trials had about 300 babies in two of the trials and 130-odd in the third trial. What they looked at were fairly consistently comparing high-frequency nasal cannula with humidified flow against 
traditional style nasal CPAP and looked to see a variety of measures, primarily extubation failure in a short time after the study was done, but also bronchopulmonary dysplasia and rates of death. What this group have done is unusual for an Archimedes, but by no means impossible, and they've taken those studies, felt that they are similar enough to undertake a meta-analysis with, and draw that information together. What they've shown is when they've examined all of these things and pooled them, that there's really very little difference in extubation failure, and very little difference in BPD rates between the two. Now, not being able to show a difference is different than showing that there is no difference between two things. So, But looking at their pooled confidence intervals, the rates of extubation failure are only 12% higher, with a confidence interval of maybe 15% lower, maybe 47% higher, in the high-frequency humidified nasal cannula group, and the rates of BPD are possibly 8% lower, maybe 30% lower, maybe 20% higher. Now, whether that means that it is close enough to be equivalent or whether there's still uncertainty there and further trials are necessary is very much up to the individual clinicians to decide. These authors believe that whilst this is an impressive start to the question and there certainly isn't any clear difference, they do believe that it is too early yet to say that the nasal cannula approach really is as effective as the nasal CPAP approach and that there really is a need for further investigation before we can conclude on that one. What we would encourage you to do is to investigate yourself. Think of a question. Come across something that you don't know the answer to and then get out there and get it sorted. Have a look at the evidence. Draw it together. Appraise it. Write it up. Send it in to Archimedes. And you too could be the subject of a podcast listened to by people from around the world. Send them in and we'll hear from you soon.